Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of Eddie and His Amazing Friends Hero Cast, Part 2, I guess. Episode 181.5, we'll say. Joined once again by Simon, SGC Speaks on Twitter, or myself, Eddie C85, or EC underscore Hero, um, EC Hero Cast Instagram, all that stuff. Thanks for returning for the second half of the Snyder cut justice league no problem at all glad to be here feeling much better about this part than i did the first one i'll tell you that just uh, yeah it's uh it's interesting before we begin um this is being recorded thanksgiving eve so uh hope everybody had a good thanksgiving but um i should mention there has been more news uh, as far as casting goes, um, it pertains to this movie, actually. Nicholas Holt, Holt sorry, uh, who played Beast in uh, some of the newer X-Men movies. He will be the new Lex Luthor. So no more uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I know you're disappointed. Yeah, I'm so, so disappointed. I mean, such a... I'm not even going to keep this up. I <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. We're going to get we're going to see get his performance. So I'm not so I'm not going to get too much into what I think of him at uh, different parts of his portrayal. I will say though that it's not like he left a lot. It's not like he left it all on the on the table or if it was all great. If you, if you ask me. There's plenty. We've never really seen a truly great Lex Luthor because each one has been slightly mischaracterized. With uh, I forget the guy's name from the super from the first Superman movies, but his problem is he was he had some weird real estate plot. Yeah. And then Kevin Spacey continued that plot thread. Yeah, they just recycled it. With, <laughs> yeah. And then with Jesse Eisenberg, he just did. He he was attempting to make himself seem insane in order to get away with the things he did, which doesn't really come off like something he would actually do, as at least the Lex Luthor I know. Yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, it was Gene Hackman, who's probably been the best Lex Luthor, I would say. But, uh, yeah, the yeah, I, Eisenberg I one, I'll, I said it at the time, I think back when we reviewed uh, Man of Steel, when, uh, if I was, you know, uh, some executive on this movie, and they're like, oh, we cast Jesse Eisenberg, I'd be like, oh, he'll make a great Jimmy Olsen. That would be my thought. But instead, it's like, no, no, Lex Luthor. It's like, I just don't see it at all for him. Now... Nicholas Holt, I think, is actually a, a really interesting choice. I think uh, I've never seen him play a villain, but uh, I think it's a good tr I think it's a good casting decision. I'm liking this cast so far. We'll see how it uh, how it all plays out, but uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, thought it was a good choice. Um, there's one other th oh well, this is really more of a story. Uh, I went and saw Napoleon last night, which uh, I never... I, that would be the first ever early screening I've ever gone to. 
but the schedule worked out. And they were playing a trailer for Aquaman. And I must have said, I I ranted about someone I sat next to during um, Cocaine Bear. They were just laughed uproariously over everything. This woman may have been worse, but she had like a, she would make snide remarks during Napoleon, which that's not really a movie that you make remark. We need a running commentary for. But then, apparently she had never seen the Aquaman trailer because she's like, oh, Amber Heard's in this? Wow. As if her career stopped just because she was in a lawsuit. And she's like, I've never seen any of the other Aquaman movies. Like, well, there's only been one, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, there was a bunch of... She just... uh, It was... uh, it was a good movie, not great, but good. And but she 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 ruined a lot of it with her weird laughing. It is like a shorter version, a shorter version of Woody Woodpecker's laugh is how I would describe it. Um, it's just I don't know. She was. Uh, hope hopefully I will not have her in any more movies because I'm very excited for December. December is looking like one of the best months of movies maybe ever, but. Uh, Fingers crossed I don't run into her again. But apparently not everybody is aware that uh, Amber Heard still acts. But surprised her, I guess. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't have anything else to say about this movie. We said it all last week. Um, I guess we dive back into the plot. It's weird. I never skipped ever everything before, but here we go. So, part four. Change Machine. So... We open with uh, Justice League meeting Commissioner Gordon. And Commissioner Gordon's on the roof of the police department. He lets them know about the uh, parademons and a uh, tunnel where they've uh, they've spotted. We get a funny moment where they all leave except Flash. He's like, oh, is that what we're supposed to do? So the dog stops barking. Um, where was I? So the tunnel where all these parademons were spotted is under Star Labs, where uh, Stephen Wolf's interrogating the employees that he had previously kidnapped in last week's episode, including Doctor Stone. So a big fight ensues with Stephen Wolf. And the parademons, Alfred sends in the Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler gets mostly destroyed. Uh, Flash is shot, so he's kind of, he doesn't move as quickly. And uh, he's shot in the leg, by the way. Cyborg gets the Nightcrawler to work because he can hack anything. And they fire a rocket at Steppenwolf, who just sends it into the wall, which floods the tunnel. So, pretty good fight scene. I don't think it was very different than the original movie, though. If I recall. Well, te- technically, if we're to, I know this isn't exactly what, uh, what's the best way to say this? Technically, we are to believe this version of the movie was supposed to be the original. So, based on everything we know, this this scene was already uh, shot and re- mostly ready. So it just seemed, so it just seemed like that. 
Warner Brothers didn't see anything that they needed to cut from this particular version of the movie. And it makes sense because it's a pretty good scene. It establishes the full extent to how Barry can use his powers. It establishes how strong Wonder Woman is in comparison to Steppenwolf. Which is to say she can hang with him, but she can't beat him. And also with the explosion under the harbor, it uh it allows another character to make his entrance. And overall, uh, it also showed how outclassed Batman is in all these scenarios, because Wonder Woman's taking on Steppenwolf and Batman is struggling against parademons. So as far as power scaling goes, it's not bad at all. No, yeah, that's what I was gonna. That was uh, actually the next thing is they're both saved from the oncoming water by Aquaman. Um, real quick, I <laughs> I mentioned this last week. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I figured this out. I think I just saw something on YouTube about it. <laughs> and I'm always, I'm always fact checking my own myself, but. Last week I said Madam Webb's villain was Chameleon. It was actually Ezekiel Sims. I don't know who the hell that is. Apparently another Spider-Man, but yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. There's yeah. spider totems and everything. It, long story. I think my Not confusion really was he kind of looks like Chameleon, I guess. Um, but um, Chameleon's the villain and uh, Craven. That might have been where I was thinking. Anyway. That was uh, a note from last week I had written to myself. So yeah, anyway, they're saved by Aquaman. They escape, and Cyborg reveals that he has the last mother box. Uh, back with Steppenwolf, he tells Desaad, that's Darkseid's assistant, who's like wearing a robe that's on fire. And he says he's found the anti-life equation. And maybe I'm missing something. They don't explain what that is in this movie, do they? I didn't. They they do. If it, it's 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 very brief. Yeah. They it's essentially you might they might as well have said I found the MacGuffin. It'll allow me to unwreak to wreak untold havoc. Um. Basically, they they said I, I believe the exact line was the anti life equation, the power to control all life and free will throughout the multiverse, which is incredibly vague. Yeah, but cause oh, yeah, honestly, yeah, I do remember that line actually. Now that you mention it, but honestly, given all the stuff, the DC stuff I've watched, that line isn't the anti-life equation. Kind of just sounds like nonsense to begin with. Uh, it's one of the things in DC I've never necessarily really cared for. I'm sure in the comics there's a better and a greater understanding of to how this thing came to be and the overall importance of it. But I just don't really feel anything when when this plot point comes up. It's one of the things I dislike about Darkseid because it just just makes everything a little bit more chaotic and uh, jumbly, more jumble-wise. And it also raises a particularly interesting question about how he even forgot this. Because (laughs) if you paid attention during the uh, flashback via Wonder Woman's exposition to Batman... You see him caught, hit the earth and the anti-life equation or some type of dark side symbol pops up. So either 
he came there because he knew it was there, or it was just a coincidence. But then that still begs the question: Why didn't he come back to Earth um, after after losing? And if he knew the anti-life equation was here, he should have been here ages ago. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, I, you, you, I, I don't want to ask too many questions because there's plenty of things you can ask relating to Marvel. Case in point, why did why did Thanos send Loki down to find another Infinity Stone? After get while giving him an Infinity Stone, things like that. You, if you really start looking, thinking too deeply about it, it'll start not to make sense. But this one in particular just doesn't really sit well with me because there's nothing stopping him from coming back. You don't need. He doesn't need the uh, world in the uh, not world engine mother boxes to create a boom tube. He has that technology himself. He has ships, so it's not like. It's something that is crucial to him getting to this planet. So that's probably what it really irritates. Really doesn't make sense to me personally. Yeah, it was confusing because it's like on one hand they're looking for these mother boxes, and they made that clear what those do. But then they're also talking about, well, then we got to do the anti-life equation. So it feels like they're searching for two separate things. And this is going to be my big complaint with the whole movie as a whole is just less is more and they just Snyder just was like no more is more and it's like okay but he 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 has a big thing with pulling back I think oh yeah yeah and I, I don't know go ahead but well I say I'm I'm I hate to keep comparing it to Marvel and everything but they made it very clear what Thanos's gauntlet does and they don't really mention the anti-life equation in that regard. So I think, I think the biggest comparison I can make is this with this simple statement. There's a reason they didn't involve the courting of lady death. Well, there's a reason they also, they cut the whole anti-life equation out from the original, didn't they? I don't think there's any mention of it. Oh, absolutely not. Since they cut the, there's all but one meant. We don't see dark side in the 2017 version. We just hear him mentioned by Steppenwolf. So, for all intents and purposes, the anti-life equation, actually in the flashback battle of the 2017 movie, it's not even Darkseid who attacks the Earth. It's Steppenwolf on Darkseid's behalf, which makes actually, even less sense. I kind of prefer that because that attack just made Darkseid look bad. I didn't, I didn't like that. Well, since the, it was a, it's not like, I, I think it was fine because it wasn't like any humans actually did any damage to him. No, I just was more I don't to... I don't like seeing the villain his very first battle he gets beat. That was my big thing. Well, we well you and I are going to have a long conversation after this about Kang the Conqueror. Thank you, Ant Man Three. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that one that one's a little different, but I wasn't crazy about that one. Um, hopefully, they can remedy that with Doctor Doom. Whatever they decide to do. So, uh, Darkseid shows up. He tells him to find the third mother box and he'll reclaim what he lost. So, back with the Justice. And he, and, oh, go ahead. I think he also mentioned he would give him redemption, too. So Yes. Which which makes sense. Uh, 50,000 more worlds or the power to control all life. Well, you know, 
he's he's earned it. Right. So back with the Justice League, Cyborg tells them the story of the Mother Box. It was found by the Nazis, then shipped back to the States, and his dad researched it. Then his dad used the Mother Box's power to create him after his car wreck. Uh, then they realize the box can alter particles of matter, and they determine that they can use it to bring back Superman. So that was the big reveal. So we finally check in on Lois. It's, I feel like she wasn't even in the movie for the like she had the brief scene in the beginning and then nothing until now. So Martha, so we think, pays her a visit, and Martha tells her to basically get back to work and try to move on. And then Lois, or sorry, when Martha leaves, it was actually not Martha. It was Martian Manhunter who is also. Calvin San uh, Sw- Calvin Swanwick. Uh, I think he's just Calvin Swanwick at all throughout the whole movie in the original Justice League. There is no Martian Manhunter, but uh, yeah, new character. I don't mind this. I'm gonna rant a lot about new characters later, but this one I was okay with. Hmm. I actually despise this. <laughs> really. So I thought this was a real touching moment of Martha helping to teach, helping to get Lois to move on and to get back out into the world because she because what she does in real life is necessary and helps people, at least in the traditional information that I know about Lois as a journalist, some of the stuff she reports on. Given the very little information we know about Lois, this Lois, this sounds like a bunch of lip service because as these movies have gone on, she has been giving significantly less and less stuff to do. So off rip, you telling us that her journalism is necessary for the world and that it helps change the world. The only thing she's gotten published that we've noticed is a blog about Superman existing that Perry uh, fired, didn't fire her, but fined her for or gave her like a week's unpaid or something. It's, this character is not as important. This this character in the comics and in TV shows is this important. In your movie, it's not. So this just comes off as hollow nonsense in retrospect. What bothers me even the most about it is it w- looked like a, a touching moment between uh, would-be mother-in-law and would-be uh, daughter-in-law. And the, the immediate... When we learned that it was just Martian Manhunter in the skies... That raises like 15 different questions about Martian Manhunter and his complete ineptitude or inability to intercede in the past four to five world ending events. Let's count them up. I'm going to assume that he was here on Earth since we saw him in Man of Steel. Without any other movies except for this one, we have the invasion of the Kryptonians led by Zod. We have... Doomsday, mm-hmm. we have uh, the witch from Suicide Squad, and now we've got Steppenwolf and, his, and the Parademons invasion of Earth. Where the hell has this man been, and why isn't he helping? You raised some good points. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I'll agree. I, I do think it should have been Lois and Martha. Uh, I guess Martian Manhunter's goal was to just get Lois back in the game. She had kind of... She's on the sidelines. Uh, 
I guess if I... Yeah, those are some good points. Okay. I guess if I were to say, okay, if you, how do you want to bring in Martian Manhunter? Just, I would say maybe do it as an end credit scene, which I'll get to those, but maybe... Exactly. Bruce is on his, his, I don't know if that was Wayne Manor, just a house he owns on the lake, but like just this dude floats in and Bruce is like, okay. And he's like, well, I've traveled here, you know, thousands of miles. I want to help that sort of thing. I don't know. But yeah, I don't, the fact that he was Calvin Swanwick was strange, but you're right. I don't know what he's, why he hasn't been helping and why he doesn't help until all the, like Steppenwolf's dead. And he's like, all right, now I'll help. All the hard work's gone. So, here's a big scene that was also cut from the original. It's actually the start of part five, All the King's Horses. Barry and Cyborg dig up Superman's body. That part's in it. They decide the best way is to uh, do it aboard the Kryptonian ship. So the Justice League, they get into the Star Labs that the ship is being held. Here is something that was cut. Quick cut during this where we spot... It's Lois, and we spot a pregnancy test. So they are about to drop the mother box into the pool with Superman, and there's not enough charge to wake it up, wake him up, but uh, Flash has to do it. He runs to the back of the ship. He breaks the speed of light, which he's like, well, weird things happen when I do that. I don't like to do it, but I guess I will. Then we get a vision where, boy, <laughs> let's just... Oh, more is more. That's the theme of this movie. So the vision, Darkseid is sitting on a throne. Wonder Woman's dead. Darkseid kills the Atlanteans with the Omega Beam. That was awesome. I can't knock that. That's how you should have debuted this guy, not getting his ass beat by, like, a bunch of people. Show me the Omega Beam I think first. He even, I'm pretty sure he killed Aquaman in that sequence. I think it's implied, yeah. Uh, I don't think he... Well, it's implied later in the end credits, but I don't I didn't see Aquaman's dead body, but regardless, it's implied that he is dead. Uh Clark is holding a charred body, which we believe is Lois, in the Batcave. There's a uh, half-torn Joker card in there, by the way. Keep that in mind. And um so, uh so yeah, Darkseid is looking on at all this. Superman flies over the crumbled Hall of Justice. Um, sorry, I'm, I uh, jumped ahead. That was my fault. Uh, dark side looking on. Superman flies over the crumbled Hall of Justice. There's a dead Green Lantern in there, not Hal Jordan still. There's the ripped-up Joker card. Got my things confused. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they do it anyway, and it works. So... More teasing of Superman. We assume Lois died, Superman turns heel, joins Darkseid. But man, we're teasing a lot in a movie where we haven't even we haven't even brought back Superman yet, and we're already teasing his heel turn down the road. I don't know. I think this was if I was WB and I knew I wasn't gonna go forward with his vision of this and that we were just going to get this project off the ground, I'd have probably cut any of those flash forward scenes. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil 
like the Marvels because it kind of just came out. But I'm pretty sure everybody's aware of the mid credit scene. Are you? I'm sure you're aware of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so, while I, I am in, go ahead. Well, I'll say it feels like if Zack Snyder directed that, it would be like Beast shows up, and then. Be, and then Charles comes down and he's like, oh, you know, how's our other patient doing? And then it's like they pan over to the next bed and it's Jean Grey. And it's like, you still having these anger issues? of, And it's like, God, we're already teasing Phoenix. We haven't even gotten to the X. Like, that's how I feel with Zack Snyder. He's, he's jumping ahead, you know, 10, 10 movies down the road. And it's like, God, just less is more, Zack. This is not like... Do it like Marvel. This is like, do it like every entertainment ever. Like, you don't ever see, you know, uh, you, you, less is more. You got to leave people wanting more. That's the deal, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And, and speaking on that comparison to Marvel, um, I just find it so funny. A lot of people give Age of Ultron flack because it's a movie that, kind of works better in retrospect than at the time it came out because it, it was primarily a movie that was building towards Infinity War more so than a movie that was going to had a specific narrative that was driving anything forward for real. It was basically because the Avengers is the team gets together and Age of Ultron is just the teams together and here are the ups and downs of that. And there was a lot of foreshadowing to Thanos, the other Infinity Stones, and everything else. But at the end of the day, one, overall, I'd say the movie still holds up enough on its own. And it only really has the one specific flash forward. Everything else is just hinting at it. And at the top, and by that time, it was already confirmed those movies were coming out. They had made their money. They had continued to make money. Doing all this, this flash forward for a movie released in the pandemic, just, just that we know for a fact, especially in retrospect, that they had no intentions of doing anything forward. It's just very odd decision making. But yeah, you wanted to show his uninhibited vision. Well, maybe don't set people up to think you're going to keep doing this stuff. Yeah, I mean, people still think because Zack Snyder's doing, what is it, Rebel Moon, and um, people still think, oh, like, now he's got a relationship with Netflix, maybe something will happen there. Like, why would they, yeah. why would DC lend out their properties to both Zack Snyder and um, and James Gunn at the same time? That wouldn't... I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, since, so, so I might as well go on that tangent. Um, so that whole restore the Snyderverse on... Your best, their best bet was getting this either made into a cartoon or maybe it being an Ellsworth story. They don't seem particularly interested in the Ellsworth story, and I don't know what the hell they've been doing with these cartoons lately. So at that point, you should have accepted it wasn't going to happen. The entire Netflix campaign made significantly less sense because, first of all, despite coming out with a bunch of different interesting and well-shot uh edited uh, videos and uh, rather TV shows and movies. Netflix operates at a loss every year. None of these streaming services have made significant amounts, significant amounts of money yet. So they don't have the money to lease out for what will be necessary for these projects. Let's, let's think about the average plot or the average budget for a movie like that. 
Man of Steel was shot for, I think, about $200 million. The most expensive movie up to date was probably Infinity War or The Flash itself, for 300 But that was over a bunch of reshoots, so that doesn't really count in my eyes. But uh, you're looking at 200 to about $250 million at minimum for what would have to be at least another seven to eight movies. Which would mean you'd have to agree to spend $2 billion off rip. And that doesn't include the budget for marketing, which probably doubles it to four, coupled by the fact that they have to market a little bit harder because Netflix doesn't air movies in theaters that often. It's a more common occurrence now, but because Rebel Moon is going to the theater. But this isn't a thing that just happens like that. And so this entire idea was nonsense from day one. And I'm glad that those voices have gotten significantly quieter. Yeah, I just, I mean, and of course lately, everybody, you know, they, they look at DC movies and they're not doing well, and they're like, oh, great choice with James Gunn. It's like, he's not, yeah, he might be listed as an executive producer because maybe he had some say after the movie was filmed. It's like, you know, let's see. If Superman Legacy sucks, look, I'll come on here and review it and say it sucks. And then say, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe they should have stuck with Zack Snyder. I don't know. But, like, let's just see what happens. That's all, you know. It's, but you're not getting... This is it. Like, this is the end of the Snyderverse. You can just fantasize about where it went. That's all I can say. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll write a book one day and explain where he... I mean, he probably should. He'd make a lot of money doing that, but... I don't know. Um. Anyway, yeah, they... Superman comes back to life. So, he uh, flies to his memorial... Or he somehow knows where that is. But uh, the Justice League meet him there. But he doesn't seem to know them. And Cyborg's uh, suit attacks him because it senses danger. Uh, to be fair, the only person he knows there is Wonder Woman. And he knows her about as well as you know the person who hires you at your job during your in, during your interview. Like, hey, I've met you once. Yeah. I mean, he knows Batman, but, well, Batman didn't show up until a little bit later, but he doesn't like him, so. Exactly. There is a cool moment in the fight where Flash is doing his thing, and then Superman's able to easily keep up with him because he's just as fast. I always thought Flash would be should be slightly faster, but either way, Superman is able to keep up with him. Uh, Batman does show up. Superman's about to kill him when Lois shows up. He does remember her, and he stops. And he flies off with Lois somewhere uh, together. And I want I want to make a quick interjection on here. This is probably the first time I'm going to make a quick comp- to say that the 2017 movie did it better. Lois's appearance here made was very was a very luck based thing. Yeah, random. And in the yeah, it was random. They had no idea she was going to be here. Batman. Didn't plan on Lois being there uh, as a last resort to get Superman's mind back together. And then, so, so, so off rip, if Lois was, was there, wasn't there until a little bit later, Batman's dead. Steppen, Steppenwolf takes over the Steppenwolf destroys the world and the, the whole movie's over in like 30 minutes. But uh, yeah, so in the 2017 version, uh, they refer to Lois as the big gun, a little corny, but whatever. The, the point being, 
that Lois is is the last line of defense, or or that she'll if he, if she can't wake him up, nobody will. And I think it's just such an odd decision to not have that be a plan by the most famous tactician. Yeah, no, it probably should have been. <laughs> um, once they realized that they couldn't stop him, then they probably should have just you know released her, released the big gun. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere, the mother box is returned to Star Labs, but because it was you, Stefan Wolf knows where it is. So, Doctor Stone goes in. They, I, he he went in to do something. You think maybe he might be trying to destroy it, but they mention that you can't destroy them. But he does something to it, and in the attempt, he kills himself. So, oh, Miles Dyson's always dying in labs. And Cyborg sees his dad get vaporized, so he's now an orphan, just like old Bruce. Uh, Steppenwolf then gets the box, teleports away, but afterwards we learn that Dr. Stone wasn't trying to destroy it. No, he was marking it. He was heating it up so that they could trace it. So that was good. I did, I liked that. <clears throat> that, was prob- that was probably one of the more clever uh, points, though... From what I remember, that's kind of... I'm pretty sure that was borrowed a little bit from the Avengers movie. Because I specifically remember Bruce, remember Bruce Brenner saying that the Tesseract would have to be heated up to a significant temperature in order to break through and activate its power and everything else. So... Yeah, well. <laughs> but overall, if they made it... Yeah, th- th- these are superhero movies. Like, they're going to borrow from each other. I don't think it's nearly that big of a deal as a lot of other people tend to do. But yeah, I ultimately, um, I think this was a really clever use of Dr. Stone. Uh, and his sacrifice like, is intentional. It's not like Steppenwolf just shows up, kills him. I think it really works. Yeah, I, I thought that And especially gives good. Victor extra motivation to do all the things necessary to help. Yeah, more development for his character would have been good. I was thinking about that, trying to trim down the time of this, if this did come out as a movie. I would have preferred... I, I don't know why they didn't do this, because these movies always make money, but a Batman movie... Uh, and you could... Because there's so much that they dive into later that they just explain when it should have been a movie. Like, we're going to get Robin brought up and everything. Uh, I got a lot to say about that, but they should have just had... We don't need a Batman origin story. We've seen it, but... Do the cyborg or because they both live in Gotham. Do the cyborg origin story within the Batman movie, and then you know cyborg and Batman can team up and you know beat Mister Freeze or whoever the hell. And you know there you go. We don't need to waste time on a on a cyborg origin story within this movie. Just a thought. It's it's so crazy the ways they attempted to change the formula that was proven to have been a winning one. Yeah, I mean. Batman's the one movie that always makes money, and that's the one they didn't do. It's so strange, but... Uh, and then they... It's like, you could have explained a lot of this. It felt like they were always in a race with Marvel. It's like, you're not in a race. Like, just make the movies that you're, uh, as you see fit. You don't have to catch up. There's, there's no point. <sighs> so, on to part six. Final part. Something dark. 
So Superman takes Lois to the farm in Smallville. Yeah, Martha's also there, and Superman says, I need to find out why they brought me back. Like, Well, you could have just asked them instead of attacked them. But... And he says, well... Um, uh, the re- oh, meanwhile, sorry. Uh, the rest of the Justice League go to the Batcave, where uh, Flash is freaking out about it. He thinks it's really cool. And they track the location of the Mother Box, some remote area in Russia. Uh, so, rem- well, never mind. Uh, Bruce also references, this is where he references the Flash cameo. This was my least favorite thing in, in pretty much all the Snyder movies, where Flash shows up. The character Flash has not even been introduced to us yet, and he warns Bruce about all this. We now can look back and say it's he was warning him and saying you were right about uh, Superman because what he was trying to do, and I think this is correct, Flash saw that Lois dies, Superman turns evil, maybe sides with Darkseid, maybe Darkseid's already dead, who knows, Either way, Superman turns evil because Lois dies and destroys the world, which we will later see. And Flash is like, oh, I have to warn Bruce that um, not to bring back Superman. So I need to go back in time and tell him. So he goes back in time and then he says, oh, I went way too far. And that's what happened. He went way too far back in time to tell him. And (sighs) I don't know. It's just, it's very confusing. I mean, like if people think Marvel movies now are confusing, like this, this is way more confusing. Like Flash just showing up in the middle of a movie of a, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman to tell him you're right about Superman, and uh, I hated that cameo. It was bad. And anyway, Bruce tells this to Wonder Woman and. She's like, well, maybe it meant something deeper. And he's like, well, maybe it meant something darker. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the whole thing. But that's my interpretation of what the Flash cameo is supposed to be from Batman v Superman. From what I remember from all the notes and articles I've read, I'm pretty sure that's fairly accurate. But it speaks to that overall problem. It's one of the worst part. That scene and the scene where Lois, not Lois, Wonder Woman is... At her, her hotel room, looking at emails from decrypted from Bat, by Batman about the other superhumans or metahumans on the planet. Like, stop showing us other. If you couldn't fit them naturally into this story, stop shoving them into this. Yeah, like, it doesn't. It's just all, less is all more. This <laughs> right. You could have easily had had this be an end credit scene or a scene at the end of the movie. Where Batman says, I finally decrypted all of Lex Luthor's notes. There are other metahumans out there. We're going to need their help. You see the damn symbols. You don't spend the entire time questioning it. It's fine. You, you don't need to put that in the middle of the movie when you still... This is, this is, keep in mind, this happened in Batman v Superman before we even actually saw the, the central conflict of the movie. Batman versus Superman. And just like this, they're teasing all these things about Superman being evil and problematic. Like, why do you keep... First of all, as a Superman fan, this whole if Lois dies, he just gives up on the world. Horrible, stupid, a terrible characterization. Yeah, honestly, that's all. I, I, that's all I really need to say. Yeah, I I don't know. 
it's just just trying to jump way too far into the future and it's it feels like they're trying to do that to make up ground to catch up with marvel it's like you don't need to i don't know that's my only thing i can think of it's like you don't need to catch up to marvel like it doesn't matter like marvel's gonna run out eventually and then you'll be on top instead you just tried to catch up and then drove yourself into the ground <laughs> so they board a plane to russia and we cut to Steppenwolf, who brings the mother boxes together to form the Unity. Superman returns to his ship and dons the black outfit. I liked that. I mean, at least something different. You know, signifying um, he's a little evil, I guess. Although it's supposed to be, um, uh, what is it, more uh, sun-absorbent, because he's weaker. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing I can't really stand about this. In the comics, that happens because Superman's brought back to life and he's not fully charged. But we just saw Superman wipe out the entire Justice League with little to no effort. So seeing him don the black suit doesn't really hold up that well. It would be one thing if we saw them tire him out over time. And like, he just woke up, he had some energy, but he's not fully there. Yeah, that's fair. But it, but but for in here it's like, hey, I just kicked everybody's butt, and now I need to soak up energy from the sun. Um, yeah, I I, I just didn't see it that way. It, it didn't really make sense to me. I mean, they do not to ju- not to be a Snyder and jump ahead, but uh, <laughs> they do do that in uh, the Flash movie with uh, Kara, where she's weaker, and they mention it's because she's been in the dark for so long. And she does, spoiler, get killed, so. But yeah, uh, you're probably right. They should have at least done better against Superman instead of just getting wiped out. But Superman, that's that's why the character has been tough to work with movies, because he's just so much more powerful than everybody else that it's like, it's hard. It's hard, man. It's like him and Captain Marvel. It's just tough to make them compelling when they're just better than everybody a million times. So we'll see if the next version can try, can do that. I hope so. I like Superman. Love He's iconic, but it's like the, just, yeah, I mean, the, the first few movies, you know, back in the 70s, those worked, but they were campy. It's like, but since then, I just, none of them have been great, I guess. I don't know. I like the TV show. On TNT with Dean Kane, but it's probably because I was young and didn't know any better. But <laughs> I don't know. I imagine that show probably didn't age well. It's probably not good, but I don't know. I think it was on TNT, but it was cool at the time to me. Um, so the Justice League lands in Russia, and they storm the base. They fight off the Parademons. The sky is not red. That is good. Um, that's a, this is probably one of the other than the inclusion of Darkseid. This is the biggest upgrade in the movie, I would say. So elsewhere, Superman shows up at Wayne Manor. Alfred tells him where they went, and back in Russia, Aquaman, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman team up on Steppenwolf. They battle as Cyborg tries to break up the Unity. Steppenwolf's about to kill Cyborg when Superman shows up, and he, uh, it was. Steppenwolf goes to raise up his axe, swings it down, Superman stands in front of it, blocks it, and 
you know, breaks the uses 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 ice breath, which again, when did they establish that as a power for him? Yeah, you know, whenever. <laughs> no, they the, the, the right the actual answer is no, they didn't. Which is another which ice breath has always been kind of like a weird power anyway, but so is heat vision. So I don't it's mind whatever. the heat just, vision, but it's like you can't have ice and fire. That's too much. And if you do, you need to. What are its limitations? There needs to be limitations, and there don't really seem to be much. No. Oh, uh, I do appreciate. Excuse me. I do appreciate in the sequence that when Batman's getting all the Justice League together in his vehicle, Alfred's—he's sure that Superman's going to come to him to get direction on where to go. Which, uh, which begs, which raises a different question because couldn't Superman just hear all the fighting's taking place? But uh, Bat- Super Batman walks away just saying faith, which really show goes to show how much he's changed from when we first saw him. And while I don't agree that he, with the overall presentation of him in his initial appearance, being the dark brooding murderer, I think I, I think the contrast is well executed here. Yeah, I, I thought that too. Like he should be able to hear this, but uh, it is all the way in Russia. Maybe you can't hear. I don't know. <laughs> but Superman takes care of Steppenwolf pretty easily. And I will say, I mean, I just said normally it's kind of boring when Superman does that, but they did just bring him back to life, and they need to put him over strong. So I get it. I don't mind it in this regard. Plus, Steppenwolf is really just cannon fodder at the end of the day. Anyway, Cyborg needs a, a charge from Flash to split the unity up. A portal opens up, and Darkseid is on the other side. Uh, should mention, there's no random Russian family that needs saved. I'm glad that was pointless. Just save one person. <laughs> Just save one person. <laughs> if, it's, then you'll if, know. if it's the remote Russia, what's a family doing living there anyway? I mean, like, it gets real, real cold in some spots in Russia. I mean, I just watched Napoleon. That's how his army was defeated. So, spoiler <laughs> alert if you don't know anything about history. Uh, so, Flash... Re- um, yeah, no random family. Uh, Russian family. The Unity activates, and Flash rewinds time, and the damage the Unity did is being undone. This is also much better. Uh because Flash is, like, believing in himself. It's not just some goofy comedy scene like it was in the original. So, uh, Flash touches Cyborg. We jump into Cyborg's mind a little bit. And his family's there telling him it's time to come home. But it's really just a trick. And he manages to nearly split the boxes, but he needs Superman's help to do it. Which they do. This absolutely is the... There's very, I have very little criticism once we get down to this actual action sequence. Um, that the thing I said about hearing it was mostly a nitpick. Everything up until we get to the end of this particular part is inc- is really really good if you ask me. I think that this what this accomplishes is it makes it more of a team effort. Um, and that was pretty good. That's what the Avengers did a pretty good job with. Uh, yeah, Tony Stark could hold off some of the Jatari, but he can't hold off them forever. Thor can hold off some of them, but he's not. Ne- Thor can hold off a, a few of them too, but uh, he's not. He's not like he's not that smart co- combat wise. He's, he's kind of 
a, a big brute who just forces his way through stuff. Black Widow and Hawkeye are two humans who can't really do too much outside of the shooting of arrows and guns. And who am I forgetting? Hulk can't really take Hulk isn't really precise. He's also just a big dumb brute. But you bringing them all together, they each accomplish something that the other couldn't, or they can amplify different parts. Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow, and can uh, go to the different parts and figure out how different things work and try to break them down from a, from different perspectives, recruiting other people to help them out with it, other stuff like that. And you see that reflected here. Batman is the strategist. He gets everybody together. He tar- places everybody where they need to be. And all probably serves as distraction. Uh, Cyborg is breaking the box apart via his computer uh, powers and, uh, and uh, technology and whatnot. The Flash is building up a charge to break the unity or to charge Cyborg enough so he can break it. Superman is there to just take out Steppenwolf. Wonder Woman and Aquaman can deal can hold him off up until Superman gets there. And then just when you think Superman's getting there to save the day and the movie's about to end, they all lose. And it actually has to be the Flash going back in time to fix everything, which shows just how powerful the Flash is in his own right. And then everybody still helps out. Superman breaks the unity with Cyborg. It's it's really this part of the movie in particular. I could probably rewatch this particular section a few times because it's really, really good. I just wish the road to getting there was a little bit better, but it works. Yeah, I would agree with all that. And it's about this is uh, actually my favorite part of the movie, I would say, right here where Aquaman, and then we get Aquaman impales Steppenwolf with the trident. Wonder Woman beheads him, and they send the head through the portal at the feet of Darkseid. That was very cool. I loved that. So, portal closes. Dasad tells Darkseid, told you he'd fail. And it's like, so how will we win now? And Darkseid says, well, ready the armada. We'll use the old ways. So, do the old ways. We get an epilogue. So we had the prologue, and then now the epilogue. This is really kind of like eight parts of the movie, but so this epilogue is called "A Father Twice Over." Cyborg plays a tape of his message from his father. I liked that he, the tape cassette was all destroyed from when the Parademon was in his house. And he just rebuilds it, like snaps all the pieces together. That was neat. And actually, it was Cyborg who broke it because he didn't want it. He wanted his dad's advice about his powers. He didn't want to hear anything about him as a father. And then that's when his right, father essentially, right. and when his father gave his life for him and everything else, he he reconstructs it and hears his message to him. It was it's really good writing overall in that yeah. particular section. Well, and uh, oh, go ahead. And it just shows that all. It. it I, I'll let you go ahead because I think there's some other stuff you're about to get to, and I can follow up on that. Yeah, so Aquaman goes to visit his father. <sighs> Here comes more is more. Ryan Choi is now the head of Star Labs. More on that in a few. Uh, Bruce buys a building which will become the Hall of Justice. I liked that. That was a, that was see that's an okay tease. Like yes. Uh, Bruce isn't done buying, though. More on that in a second. Uh, Barry Allen visits his dad and tells him he got a job job at a crime lab and it's a foot in the door. That's all he needed. It's a job job. 
And then uh, Bruce buys the bank <laughs> for the far- that uh, for the farm that had foreclosed on the Kents. Feel like it'd be cheaper just to buy the uh, house out of foreclosure, but whatever. I guess it's always good to have a bank on your portfolio. And uh, yeah, I guess it probably wasn't like a Chase Bank or you know Bank of America. It was probably more of a smaller bank. I can't imagine even even Bruce Wayne could not afford those, but. So it was a really nice line. I just I bought the bank too. Yeah. Like one of the things Zack Snyder does really really well, his like smaller his he's good for like bigger and smaller lines at the same time. What I mean by that is there's a big impact for like the small lines he puts in. It's really just the lo- the lengthy dialogue where it doesn't really work if you ask me. Cause there's plenty of that in here. I heard about you. I didn't know you were real. I'm real when it's useful. Well we've. He's he's fought on thousands of worlds, and we have to assume he's won. I don't care how many worlds he's fought on, how many planets. He's never fought us, not us united. It's, it's like really good, like Zinger stuff, trailer-esque quotes, for lack of a better term. And they really shine through in this movie in particular. Yeah, this is um, what I'm about to say. Sounds like I'm, it's a complaint because it's like, oh, you just took it from another movie. It's not a complaint. It's just something I like about the Bruce Wayne character. He also did it in uh, The Dark Knight when he's in the fountain with some models and they're like, oh, sir, you can't be in there. He's like, oh, I don't think they'll mind. I just bought this uh, restaurant or hotel. So Bruce just, whenever, whenever he <laughs> yeah. wants to do something, he just buys the, the entire company. Instead, it's like, seems like it'd just be easier to, uh, like I said, buy the house out of foreclosure. But okay. Um, oh, so Lois is moving in, and this was altered. In the movie, she's moving in a box, but in this, she is seen carrying a baby basket, and Bruce says, uh, "Congratulations!" So, another new character to visit down the line. <laughs> so, that's the end of the movie. I think had this been released. One of these would be a mid-credit scene, and one would be a post-credit scene. I don't know. But the way they air on Max is they just air right after the bulk of the movie. So these feel like post-credit scenes. So just do with that information as you will. So first one, we cut to a prison. We see Lex Luthor has escaped. Luthor is aboard a yacht, and a boat pulls up. And on that boat comes Deathstroke. He comes aboard, and he says he will kill Batman for free because it's personal. And he takes off his mask, and he has a eye patch. And he's like, oh, an eye for an eye. And Lex tells him, he says, you know, if you want the Batman dead, here's some information that could help you. His real name is Bruce Wayne. So they're teasing the formation of the Injustice League, which is okay. I'm I'm fine with that. Again, I also think this was more of a te- I also think this was also a tease to the Batman. Yeah, they Which is ironic because the Batman with the Batman with uh, Robin Pattinson comes out the this is 2020. This came out in 2021. So later this following year. <laughs> yeah, I, I this is where also I think they should have had Aquaman come out first again because it was save time on this movie. But you could add Black Manta just sitting there too. I mean, like why not? You know, we're teasing the Injustice League. 
he would make sense as a member. But regardless, have they just left it at this? There's been a perfectly fine post credit scene. Like, okay. Absolutely. We knew Luthor was getting out. And mm-hmm. we got a brand new villain, Deathstroke. Cool. Fine. If you Great. just left it at that, awesome. I'm excited. But Zack Snyder, he is more is more. And there is nothing more more than this next post credit scene. It's definitely our longest shot in his po- backyard or something. This is our longest post credit scene for certain. So more bat, more Batman with a gun. Yippee! We cut to the post-apocalyptic world I told you about. This is where Darkseid won. Maybe I don't know. They don't mention him in this one. So Batman is leading a team of Cyborg, Mira, Flash, and Deathstroke. <laughs> I got let me pause it right here. You just five seconds ago introduced this character as a villain in the Injustice League that you're teasing. Cool, fine. Darkseid can be the in-space villain. Injustice League can be the on-Earth villain. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Now we're already teasing that he's going to turn good. You just introduced this character. (laughs) Yeah, at the very least, they're teasing that Batman's not going to kill him, which... I we mean, don't even know anything about it's... this character, and he's already flip-flopped. <laughs> which, which, which is an interesting question, because in, in other Batman iterations, I'm not that worried about Batman killing, at least yeah. on purpose or for the hell of it, which this Batman literally does. Outside of Michael Keaton, he's the most, I don't give a damn, I'm, he's dead Batman I've ever seen. And I get it, it's part of his arc overall to not give in to that. But that's one, just because I, uh, there's a lot to say about showing a scene. This is literally what happened. Oh, my God. I just realized it. The po- the final scene of Doctor Strange 2 and the post-credit scene of Doctor Strange. This is the exact same thing. Yeah, you tell us yet, that something horrific. <laughs> they've yet to pay that off, by the way. You tell us something horrific is going to happen, and then you show us everything's fine. Thanks for that. But this, this look, Marvel's post-credit scenes lately, I mean, you mentioned Doctor Strange. Other than Baron Mordo, who, I don't know, has still yet to be evil, maybe in Doctor Strange 3, I still, for the most part, think, even though sometimes it takes Marvel years, I don't know, but, like, I'll use Eternals as an example. So, they're teasing... Uh, at the end of Eternals, they tease uh, Blade and Black Knight, which they have not yet delivered on. Uh, now I know the actor strike pushed a lot of things back, so okay, fine. But I don't even know when Blade is coming out. You know, like it was supposed to be, I think, the end of 2024. Maybe it gets pushed back a little bit, I guess. So, and I, I'm pretty sure. None of these characters or nothing that was teased at the end of Shang-Chi or nothing that was teased at the end of, um, what was the other one? Um, well, okay, uh, the big statue sticking out of the water. 
that's within Eternals. Um, that has yet to be mentioned. I doubt that will be brought up in Deadpool 3. Maybe they will just as a... to Maybe Ryan Reynolds will just to make fun of it. That's not been brought up, but I doubt it will play any sort of real significant... Maybe it will. I don't know. But either way, uh, I'm pretty sure Blade and uh, Black Excalibur or whatever, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be brought up in Deadpool 3. What is my point? My point is, at some point, it might take three, four years, but I'm pretty sure Marvel will pay these credits off at some point. Do they take too long? Absolutely they do. But they don't introduce a character in an end credit scene, and then the very next end credit scene, flip that character's allegiance. Ugh, it's terrible. This is the worst post credit scene we've done. I'm not even. I'm not even. Th- I'm not even halfway through it. But that already pissed me off. Like, how is this guy that we just met? He's already on the good guy's side now. Like, anyway, Mira then implies Aquaman is dead, which I guess that's when Darkseid killed him with the Omega beams. So okay, I guess so was Wonder Woman based on that vision. And then there's Joker. Jared Leto's oh. Joker's here. Now, to be fair, he doesn't look as goofy as he did in Suicide Squad. That was not my favorite Joker. Uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to uh, David Ayer for 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 that brilliant uh, bit of makeup and design. He's uh, if you ever watched Ralph the Movie Maker's breakdown of Suicide Squad, it's the most hilarious thing when he gets the Joker. He's damaged. So let's write damage on his forehead. <laughs> uh, I mean, at the very least, at the very least, he looks way better. I will agree. Yeah, and he, it is actually nice to see a bat, the Batman of this universe, and the Joker of this universe interact. Yeah, I mean, he look. I I don't. I like. I mean, I know most people think Jared Leto's a bad actor. I think he's a good actor. He's been in enough things that I've seen him that he's good. Now he's been in stuff that's bad, which we'll review in a few weeks. But uh, overall, I think he's a pretty good actor. I thought on paper he would make a good Joker. I think whoever's vision it was to have him be the hip hop gangster, whatever that was supposed to be, that was just a bad idea. So I don't know. I didn't really blame, I mean, if it was Jared Leto's idea, then yes, I would blame him. But if someone just told him, hey, act like one of these, I don't know, I don't even know what he was supposed to be. Like, act like you're a rapper or something. I don't know. But then, sure, I guess he did a good job following the direction, even though the direction sucked. This, I mean, we didn't get a big piece of it. It was it was kind of a generic Joker, but that's okay. Um, I, I mean, this is clearly a better version than the Suicide Squad. Uh, it's a small sample size, so I can't really say that it's like, oh, it was this would have been awesome or this would have been bad. I mean, chances are, yeah, it's probably not going to be as good as Joaquin Phoenix. It's probably not going to be as good as Heath Ledger, but it might be passable. That's all I would want. It's just passable, really. But <laughs> yeah. So, Jared Leto's passable Joker is here, and this is, this whole speech, this is why we would, it's like, hey, maybe you should have had a Batman and Cyborg movie where they face Joker 
And like I said, throw in someone else, another villain who can die, like a Mr. Freeze or Clayface, whoever. And just throw them in there, let them get killed, let Joker live. And because Joker references Robin, who is dead. It's like, okay, it's a pretty major character. Maybe we, he deserves more than a mention and like a little thing in the back cave of the Robin suit with spray paint all over it. Um, and then, as if that wasn't bad enough, uh, Batman references Harley Quinn. He's like, you know, when she died in my arms, she made me promise to kill you, and I'm going to do it slowly. And then he drops an F-bomb. And, uh, but yeah, he's like, uh, the, the whole speech is uh, where Joker tells Mira, because he's like, Aquaman's dead, and he's like, oh, Bruce knows what it's like to lose someone. He lost his mother, his father, and basically Bruce needs to undo a change because this all happened because Lois died. And I liked one Joker line about, like, is there any timeline where you're not a coward, where you are the one that makes the sacrifice and you don't send in a boy wonder? It's like, man, that sounds like a good movie. I wish it would have been made, but no, they didn't. So <laughs> it was like, yeah, Bruce, maybe maybe there's like a moment where Bruce feels is like kind of cowardly and sends Robin in to however Robin dies. Okay, and then Bruce lives with that guilt. Okay, that could have been cool. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm only getting like vague pieces of it. So probably should have made that movie before you made this movie. Uh, anyway, Joker offers Bruce a card, a Joker card, of course. And this is so he says, you know, this is a truce, Bruce. And uh, if you tear it up, then the truce is over. But you need me to help you. Doesn't really explain how, but maybe he just needs Joker to do his chaos stuff. I don't know. So, okay. And also, I should mention a few scenes ago when there was the hall, the Justice, the Hall of Justice, which Bruce hadn't even bought yet, which is now destroyed, had the half Joker card torn up in it. So that was from that, I guess. So, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, he says, after I tear this up, make no mistake, I'll kill you, effing kill you. And then Superman flies in with his heat vision ready. And we're done. Nope. Then Bruce wakes up. This is like three. <laughs> how many post-credit scenes of this? Okay, so this is technically like number third two. One? This is technically it feels number like the two, third one. but it does feel like the third one, yes. And this one, if you want to do just two post-credit scenes, the Deathstroke one is fine. Or you could just have this right here, what I'm about to say, and scrap all that Joker future stuff. Definitely should have. That one was my least favorite. The fact the Deathstroke just being a villain, then I can't even get over how stupid that was. So Bruce wakes up. I don't think he was at Wayne Manor, but he was at some lake house, and Martian Manhunter is on his back porch. And he says, "Dark Side's not finished, and you'll need. He'll come back to Earth for the anti-life equation, and I'm here to help. And call me Martian Manhunter." So. That would have been okay if he just... It, you, you changed my mind. I don't like him as, as Martha anymore. If he had just shown up and just said, hey, it took me thousands of years to get here, or whatever, like, but here I am, that would have been okay. So it's like, okay, we teased a new villain with uh, Deathstroke, 
And we've teased a new member of the Justice League. Cool. It's not over, but it's it's not overly done. But, uh, God, you bring in Joker, who's a major character, and then you just flip Deathstroke, and now Superman's evil, teasing that again, and Darkseid's not dead, by the way, so we're already teasing the villain after him. It's just, it's so much. And then, as if that isn't bad enough, I did a count of all the new characters in this movie that they teased, not counting... Flash, Aquaman, and um, uh, Cyborg, who have not had movies yet, who were also introduced in this movie. We also have, I mentioned Ryan Choi. He is the leader of Star Labs now. He is set up to be the Atom, so we're teasing him. Martian Manhunter. We had two dead Green Lantern Easter eggs, so we're teasing that eventually. Deathstroke, I mentioned. Joker. And Superman's son. That's even if for a four-hour movie, that's way too many characters. Less is more. Damn it, Zack Snyder. Less is more. Uh, but I like this movie overall. <laughs> yep. I would say, ultimately, these post-credit scenes don't really further any thoughts of the movie along. It's more, it's, it's more of this overall problem that we had been spent most of the time expressing, sequel baiting. Uh, it still just points to the question of with Martian Manhunter, why did you decide now is the time to save everybody? Do you know how do you have in comic in the comics at least he's a, he's about as strong as Superman and Wonder Woman are, so he could have easily have helped Superman fight against the Kryptonians. He could have easily have helped against Doomsday. It, there's so many instances where he could have helped. And the funny thing is, both of those heroes have the same power that is technically his weakness. Fire. So you can easily have him fight up until a certain point. It's like, this is my weakness. I can't, like, he hit me. I can't get back up. I'm not going to be back up for a while. Uh, it's it's so, it's just, most of this is so simple. And he just keeps piling on and piling on. Like, you, you, you have a paper plate for Thanksgiving, and they're just dumping all the food they can on it. Like, I can come back for seconds. Yeah, but I got to make sure. Well, I need to just make sure that you got all the food you're going to get. And, and, and Oh, you don't want that? Oh, that's okay. You'll just deal with it. Yeah. Wake the fuck up, as, as Zack Snyder said. <laughs> He's very... Okay. The Snyder cut needs cut. Like, now, I liked this better than the original. But the problem is, the reason I liked it better than the original, the original is so bad. Like, it's bad. This, at least, even though it's long, is good good but i i agree with them with wb ultimately pulling the plug on snyder because for the reasons i i mean there are reasons i like this movie but there and overall i'm gonna give it a, a decent score but i don't know which snyder i'm getting like 300 I liked, but it was a kind of a dumb, just war movie. Watchmen had its ups and downs. Overall, I liked it. Sucker Punch was terrible. Man of Steel, overall, not bad. Batman v Superman, bad. Very bad. And then, now this... Uh, I just, I don't know what movie I'm getting from one to the next. And, look, his vision overall might actually be good. I don't know what it is. But overall, his vision might be good. If you took the Snyder cut and you cut it down to you know, two hours, 45 minutes, 
and you did the Aquaman movie before this movie. You did a Flash movie before this movie. You did um, a Batman and Cyborg movie before this movie. And you were able to cut it all down. You eliminated all the teases, all the, oh, we got to do Adam, and we got to tease Green Lanterns and Deathstroke. You got rid of that second crappy post-credit scene. Just Martian Manhunter, that's fine. This could have been like an eight and a half or nine movie, but none of that happened. I have to grade it on what it is. So, I mean, the first uh, Justice League, what did I give it? Uh, I gave it a four. And that was probably being generous. But this one, I will give a six and a half to. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, I like the changes. It's, it's a better movie than the original. But for the reasons I didn't like it, which don't outweigh the positives, by the way. But for the reasons I didn't like it is why you can't move forward with this guy. He's doing a million things at once in a movie. Like, what's the next movie going to be? You know, it's like, uh, you know, we do, let's, let's say he made Justice League 2. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to tease the Wonder Twins, and we're going to tease, uh, you know, who else? Uh, Hawkman, and uh, probably Green Lantern will bring him in. We're going to tease Bizarro Superman, and Solomon Grundy, and Cheetah. And it's like, damn, there's so much. Like, I just, I don't know if he were to direct another one, the... The, all the teases he would do. He's just addicted to teases. And it's like, you know, it's, it's too much. As a standalone movie, this is a six and a half for me. Moving forward, it's just too much. It's like, you can't do it. Because like I said, Justice League 2, there'd be... Just just imagine, imagine what he didn't tease in this movie, what he would get in the next movie. Because you know you're getting Green Lantern in Justice League 2. He'd, he'd be like, well, you know, we got to... Bring in all these other new people, and oh, we're gonna tease Bizarro, and all. it's like, oh, jeez, dude, enough. It's it's too much. It's too much. But it's a six and a half for what it is. But you can't let this guy run your cinematic universe. You just can't. He's just he's too much. More is more, and uh, it's it's less. You gotta leave him wanting more. That's all. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, um, like I said, the things that work in this movie really work. The action's pretty good. The CGI isn't as great as everybody claims it is, because you'll see a lot of people compare it to other movies, especially recent ones. There are definitely some spotty moments of CGI, but overall, which is the thing that matters, the CGI is uh, pretty good. The score, I have mixed feelings about. There's a lot of Christian rock in here, and I don't really think it works. <laughs> there was, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, and, I, I, and I'm not I'm not adverse to different genres of music. I just think whatever you're doing has to make sense, and I don't I don't I don't think they really accomplished that too much uh, with some of the selections. But oh, and since those are supposed to be since it's supposed to be an epilogue, I can compartmentalize some of those post credit scenes. Because in watching it moving forward, if I choose to, I can just turn the thing off once the Justice League saved the day or after after Superman pulls the sh his shirt back to show the S on his chest. So overall, I would give this a seven out of ten, uh, at least for the at least for the second half. 
it, it, this is such a weird movie to grade because actually, I don't know. I'm changing my score. I'm going to go <laughs> six out of ten because while this is a good movie, I have to go out of my way to plan to watch this in ways I don't necessarily have to for other movies that I watch. If I want to watch The Avengers, it's two hours out of my day. And I know I'm going to enjoy myself. If I, if I, I want to watch Captain America, The Winter Soldier, or Logan, or The Batman, or The Dark Knight, that's like two hours-ish, and it's not that much time in my life. Four hours in an entire day, especially with people, especially for a work day and everything else, no one has that time, and most people don't want that time dedicated to just these these long-winded movies. So, and that's the that's the main thing. It's long-winded because there, as we've been mentioning in both part one and part two, there's easy spots to cut from this. There's parts of this movie that don't even need to be included. So overall, I'm going to say it's a six out of ten. And it would have been, and it would be a seven if it was cut down to at least two hours, forty-five or three. I feel like you, myself, and Zack Snyder could have made a great cinematic universe. Uh, we just tell he, he, we Zack Snyder needs a Vince McMahon to his Vince Russo, essentially. He just gets too crazy and he just starts planning way ahead and doing things that don't make any sense. It's like, again, if you'd have done a Superman movie or sorry, a Batman movie with Cyborg, cut out that story. You could tell that story in the Superman. Or, damn it, tell that story in the Batman movie. Do the Aquaman movie first. That would make sense too. Maybe a Flash movie. Maybe not. I don't know. You don't. He, you didn't necessarily need a Flash movie, but it's not bad. Uh, that way we can explain all the Joker stuff, too, and everything. And then you can cut down this movie, 245. You cut out all the extra teases. You just need someone to help rein him in. He's too out of control. And, uh, yeah, if you'd have had someone to rein him in, this could have, like I said, this could have been an 8 or 9. Could have been a really good movie, but he's just, he's always thinking 10 steps ahead and it's like dude like i said earlier if you think the marvel movies with the multiverse are confusing now i couldn't imagine if this had gone on trying to follow it all and being like oh there's the half torn up joker card and superman's evil even though he's not and there's deathstroke and he's a bad guy but even though he was just turned now he's good i don't know it's just uh, it's a lot (laughs) but we're done snyder's gone so, we'll see how Rebel Moon is. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Next week, Netflix, Thunder Force. Saw the trailer for it. Uh, it's going to be rough, I think. <laughs> I think it's going to be rough. But, hey, who knows? Maybe it'll be okay. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that'll be next week. So... We will part with, uh, like I said, I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. That was last week. I forgot to mention it. But, uh, of course, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, Simon. Thanks for coming back on and enduring a four-hour movie. But, uh, yes, we will get out of here with... um, It's a new tradition. Actually, it started way back in uh, Suicide Squad. When there's a Jared Leto movie, we end with 30 Seconds to Mars. But first, have to end with a quote. <clears throat> this was not a quote in the original, because the character wasn't in the original. It was from our old pal Stephen Wolf, RIP to a real one. 
for Darkseid.